What is happening, everyone? Welcome in Final Score Podcast. Craig Swatek of the Frederick Municipal Sports Department here with you. Uh, moving through the month of January, this this cold month of January. I guess we're glad uh, uh, the most of the events are indoors uh, during this time of year. Uh, on this week's episode, we'll talk to uh, Tuscarora boys basketball coach Lasan Scott. Uh, Titans off to a pretty strong start this season at eight and two overall. Uh, playing really well. Uh, the only team uh, to beat uh, Ligonor in boys basketball uh, this season. Uh, coach Scott is in his uh, first year as uh, the Titans head coach. Uh, he's been with the program for a number of years. I uh, coached the JV team uh, under his mentor, uh, Daryl Whiten. Uh, so we'll talk to Coach Scott about uh, taking over uh, a program he's worked with for a while and how he got his start in coaching and just um, how he feels about the Titans' uh, chances uh, this season. So, so we look forward to having uh, Coach Scott on in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but uh, John Cannon is back with me. Uh, no uh, COVID-19 in, in, in sight this week, John. And, um, uh, and uh, let's change gears. We often start by talking basketball, but, but you had the chance to cover the county um, track meet uh, Saturday uh, in Hagerstown. Not a lot of surprises, I guess. Um, uh, the Urbana girls uh, won uh, for their record seventh straight uh, time. They, they, they took the team championship. Uh, Oakdale boys, who have been on, on, on uh, top of the county for a long time, they, they won the boys' title, uh, which, which was not very surprising. But I guess what was a little surprising or a little unexpected was the way the Urbana girls won the championship, and you wrote about this. Uh, one of their great athletes, Angeline uh, Amafia. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name I, right. I, I, I hope I am. Um, but uh, she had she was having a pretty good day. Uh, she won she won the uh, the uh, 55 hurdles. She won the 300 dash. She wasn't expected to run in the 4x400 relay, but, but uh, Coach C.J. Ecolano said, you know what, let's, let's give her a try, and uh, it, it paid dividends for Urbana. Well, yeah, she wasn't going to anchor. She was going to probably be like the second to last. Uh, oh, she was, she was going to run, not but, anchor. Okay. Yeah, but she, was, she really emerged um, you know, for them because, I mean, two years ago, the last regular indoor track season, she was a freshman who was a JV runner, basically. So, you know, there's somebody who's – you know, come up the ranks now. She's a, a new contributor for them on the varsity level, and they had a, a bunch of runners like that. She 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 had the biggest day out of the bunch, but um, that really you know a lot of new new faces for them, and they they had to hold off Linganar. Linganar gave them a really good run there, and uh, they they uh, they beat them by, and it was less than twenty points is what it finished at. So they they had to, to kind of be on their toes. Yeah, in uh, track when you have one really good athlete, that that, that makes a big difference. Uh, Ligonor has multiple good athletes, but but when you have an athlete like Mika- Michaela Moxley who could win the five hundred and the eight hundred, and I mean that that's twenty points right there, and one great athlete could get you thirty to forty points a, a meet. So. Yeah. Um, the Urbana girls often do it with their depth. It's it's not often just one person. Uh, uh, Angel Angeline had a had a great meet, obviously, but um, Ivy Coldrin. I mean, they, you know, <clears throat> right? Yeah, it, it, Urbana typically does it just with the, with their depth, and it's it's not always the, it's not always the victories uh, either. It, it it's those second and third place finishes and just uh, mm-hmm. rack, racking up those points just by by placing in in, in most of these events. That propels teams uh, to the team title, and in the boys' meet, that's what happened. Oakdale, they they only have one winner, Samuel Stars. He won the pole vault. That was their only win, but they won the meet, 
pretty handily. Um, just just got points all over the place. Yeah, they they, they have a um, a great uh, mid distance uh, runner, uh, Abishak mm-hmm. uh, Mutaredi, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he he uh, did his job. I mean, sure. he 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 plays second in the thirty two and the sixteen hundred, and then he fourth yeah. in the eight hundred. Right. Uh, that that's. Um, that's uh, 20 points uh, right there that, that, that one athlete is giving your team. And so. the second place this game does, Linganore's Jack Sears, no shame there, right? I mean, that guy's a, a standout runner. So. Yeah, he was, he was the county um, cross-country uh, champion. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it, it, in track and field, uh, it, it's not always the first place um, – uh, finishes and in, in, in the best athletes that, that ultimately decide the meet and, and just the depth of um, the Urbana girls and the Oakdale boys has been on display really for most of the last decade and it is, both teams have really racked up um, uh, team championships. Anything else catch your eye at the, at the county track meet? Or? Well, Catoctin's Brody Buffington, he got a county record. Now, uh, I want to say it was in the uh, 55 dash. Yeah, he's he's running like national national times as we had in the paper last week. Like he had like the tenth fastest, maybe not. He didn't maybe didn't run that fast at the county meet, right. but but the tenth fastest time in the country for the fifty five dash during this indoor season. Yeah, well, he didn't get his personal best that day, but it was it was the best at the counties in the history of it. So that was that's a pretty nice nice day. He's a junior, I believe, right? So he's still still got some time. To yeah, he, he's that. sort of come out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, he he grew. Um, he had a growth spurt. He grew. Uh, uh, a, cu- a couple inches put on 50 pounds and um and that that's really made a difference for him and his times have really taken off he ran a 6.38 mm-hmm. up in Kutztown, pennsylvania a couple weeks ago and that that is the mark that gave him the 10th fastest time in the country uh mm-hmm. uh this year so i uh, just just wait until he's run 100 and 200 meter dashes uh, during the outdoor season and see right. how fast he can go uh, uh dave lillard was telling me they do, they do a drill up up at catoctin where he asks his athletes to run as far as they can in 20 seconds. And uh, Buffington covers almost 200 meters in that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 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 that, so that's, that, that, that's something. So, uh, mm-hmm. so it'll, it'll be fun to really track his career, not just in the indoor season, but in the outdoor season. He mm-hmm. plays lacrosse. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's a lacrosse player. He didn't run outdoor track as a freshman um, or, or a sophomore. Uh, lacrosse was his priority. But now he's definitely going to run track. He could still play lacrosse because now you have right. the chance that to, to to be a dual uh, sport athlete um, mm-hmm. due to rule changes. But um, but but track is is becoming maybe his priority now as as he sees his potential um, in the event. It's funny so. you mention that. I spoke to somebody on Saturday whose uh, daughter played basketball for her school as well, and she was there at the track meet. So there you get you you do have some people that. Or doing multiple sports, right? And, and it, with track, you don't have to be at practice every single day. You know, like, like, like a lot of these coaches are flexible because they want the best athletes competing for them. Mm-hmm. They'll say, "Hey, if you can get to practice on Tuesday or Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or something, that 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 that's good enough for us." Mm-hmm. So, um, so so a lot of these coaches have, have become really flexible, um, and uh, and they've allowed these athletes to. Uh, it's made it possible for them to do multiple sports. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basketball, uh, the the head scratcher for me, John, this last week has been Tuscarora. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, both of their losses this year have been to Frederick High, and um, mm-hmm. and credit credit to Frederick High for 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 winning those game uh, for winning those games. But 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 
uh, honestly, they've been like head scratching results because you watch Tuscarora play; they beat Leganor and, and mm-hmm. they beat no, they've beaten everyone else. But right. but Frederick High seems to be their uh, their, their bugaboo so far. So and they're both three A teams, right? So they uh, and they, they could meet them in the playoffs. Uh, and of course, Leganor is in there as well. So. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to Coach. We'll uh, we'll ask Coach Scott about uh, what, mm-hmm. what happened in those games against Frederick High, and and and, and we'll see what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, do Catoctin and Urbana do they do they play? Have they played girls, girls basketball yet? No. Are, um, are, they, are they scheduled to? They are not. Uh, however, um, right now they're both in first place in their respective divisions, and oh, that they, could be the championship right. game, right? So okay. that that's it stays that way. They would meet in that CMC championship game, which would be a nice matchup for both of them heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it looks like Catoctin suffered their first loss of the season okay. um, uh, in, in in the last week. Uh, they, they're Middletown. Ten, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Middle, Middletown got them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Middletown's, a, the, the, uh, Karen Nelson will tell you, they're not the tallest team in the world, the biggest team in the world, but but they they play together and they they, they play hard. They're uh, a, a scrappy bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they beat uh, Catoctin. Uh, Urbana's still uh, undefeated at eleven and zero, and um, and they're in that division with with frederick and, they, and they've they've beaten uh frederick i believe yeah it was so, a tough game they mm-hmm. down to the wire yeah so, so it'll be fun to see maybe uh those teams uh, uh play again this season mm-hmm. and uh just a, sh- a shout out to the brunswick girls too uh who have won uh three straight games as of this recording uh they, they had a uh gritty win over walkersville on, on tuesday night uh, for their third straight win they also beat smithsburg and msd so uh, the Brunswick girls uh, at five and seven um, suddenly playing well. Well, speaking of MSD, I got to see their boys team on uh, Monday yeah. uh, for the, against Brunswick, and they 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 looked good. I mean, they uh, they had some athletes, um, guys that are football standouts, uh, Zion Ortiz uh, and uh, Jaden Joseph uh, from the football team, both really good athletes, good had good games against Brunswick. They they won that game pretty handily. Uh, they they look good. They they like to run the ball. They have a new coach, a first year coach. Named Danny Gable, who um, had coached at a deaf school at a deaf school in Washington D.C. He didn't say which one. I don't know. Is that Modell? I, I should have asked him. I don't know. Yeah. If that's where he coached. Um, but he, he yeah, he's his first year there, and uh, they they uh, they had a nice product. Out yeah, there. MSD uh, record wise, thirteen and two. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so MSD um, uh, having a uh, a really nice season uh, in boys uh, basketball. So. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else strike you over the last week, John? Or? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, the, um, I get to see uh, – last week I saw Catoctin, Middletown Boys. Uh, Middletown pulled that one out. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been in the office a little bit too, so I'll get out more later. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have some – we're starting to get into county championship season, believe it or not. Um, over, the, over these next couple of weeks, we'll have the county swimming championships, county wrestling championships. Uh, we just had county track. Uh, CMC track is, is, is later this week in Hagerstown, which will include some of the uh, Washington uh, County schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so so, so the, the pool broadens a little bit um, for CMC track uh, over, over the county meet. And then it's uh, regionals and states uh, for track. So uh, <laughs> it, it always we, we always comment on it, and it, it, it's true. Uh, the, the, these, these seasons um, uh, move pretty quickly. Uh, once you get into them. So, all right, John, thanks. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And uh, when we come back, uh, LaSan Scott, head basketball coach of the Tuscarora Boys, will be here. So stay with us, folks. You're listening to the Final Score Podcast.
with a 63-50 victory over Urbana High School on Tuesday night. The Tuscarora boys basketball team improved to 8-2 and two overall this season. The coach of the Titans in his first season as the head man on the job is Lasan Scott, and uh, very pleased to welcome Coach Scott into the podcast studio. How are you, my man? I'm well, Greg. I'm, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it, it's great to have you on. I mean, I've, I've loved watching your your team grow and and and, and play this season. How would, how would you describe the way the season's gone so far? You guys have some really nice wins over TJ and South Carroll and uh, Ligonor. You're the only team to beat Ligonor so far. Just just how would you describe the way things have gone? Um, I couldn't ask for a better starting season. You know, um, we're playing together. We're playing team basketball. Um, and again, I, I'm just I'm excited for what's to come. What, what are you most excited about? Um, all in all. Having this head coaching position here and um, just teaching the boys um, more than just basketball. Obviously, we're teaching basketball and fundamental skills, um, but just teaching life lessons, you know, um, discipline, you know, respect. Those things are very big, and um, that's something I started when I first got the position. And I really feel like the guys are starting to buy into it right now. What made you want to be a coach? Wow. Um, well, I played basketball. Probably my dad gave me my first basketball. I was probably like three or four. So I played for a long time all through high school. Driveway, uh, hoop in the driveway? Um, nope. We go right to the park. Oh, you went, went, right, right to the, the park, park. Play one on one. I'm from New York, so we didn't have many uh, driveways in the city. Oh, you that, know? That, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was pretty much go to the park, play play basketball with my dad, and he just taught me the fundamentals. R- Rucker Park or um, uh, Rucker was a little further away from me. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know and. Elite players go to Rutgers. It was a little different, you know. <laughs> okay. I got down there when there was no games going on and just the kids running around. Did you go watch games at Rutgers yes, and I did. stuff yep. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, so what part of the city did you grow up in? I grew up in the Bronx. Okay. Uh, born and raised in the Bronx. I stayed there until about right before high school. And then in high school, I went to Yonkers, New York. Yonkers, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what was it like growing up in the city, man, the, the big uh, city? Man, the big lights, you know, the fast pace. It, it, was, it was great for a younger kid like myself at that time. Um, I learned a lot. You know, it taught me how to how to take care of myself at a younger age. Um, I was allowed to go outside and just kind of hang out and do certain things because I didn't, didn't have a lot to worry about. So you had to grow up pretty fast in New York. Yeah. Did you, did you have siblings? Did you have uh, a big yes. family? Yeah. Or? No, yeah. no. It's just me and my sister, my older sister. Okay. Um, and we went to the same school. We're only four years apart. So we always went to school together until she moved on to high school. Um, but again, we would go outside, just play with our friends. And the community we were in in the Bronx was very small. So it's kind of like everyone knew everybody. Your parents knew their parents. You know, it was very small. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, l- l- the city life. I mean, you're living in a high-rise, right? And in, 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 in New York, everything's so cramped and crowded and stuff. Real estate's so precious. So I imagine your apartment wasn't that big. <laughs> uh, listen, it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom for my parents and myself and my sister. You know, but we made it work. Um, and that's the biggest thing, you know, um, my parents always provided us with everything that they could at that time. And, you know, we were truly grateful for it. Yeah. And Knicks fan growing up. Uh, I'm still a Knicks fan. Still, still a Knicks fan. <laughs> I'm yeah. born to raise New York. And so I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a, I'm a, a Yankees fan, you know, any New York team. Right. Uh, who, who are your basketball players growing up? Oh, wow. John Starks, Patrick Hewing, Charles Oakley, Allen Houston, Allen Houston, Hubert Davis. I mean, you know, I can go down the list. Any a- New York player. A- Anthony Mason. I did like Mace. You know, Mace was, was a, a backbone along with Oakley. Um, 
But, you know, we don't have that type of team anymore, unfortunately. You know, that was a different different era for basketball. Yeah, who, who was your guy on the Knicks? Who was, who was John your John Starks. Starks, John yeah. Starks was always – he was shooting guard. He could handle the ball. He just had a toughness about him because he was undersized. Yeah, he was a little guy. He was a little guy like mm-hmm. like, like we are. But but he, but, he took it, <laughs> but he took it to MJ and I stuff sure like that. I sure did. Reggie Miller, like that, you yeah. know, anybody. So, you know, he just – he had a lot of heart. And that, that's the one thing I admired when he stepped on the court. Did, did, did you get a chance to go to some games? Or? Yes, we did. Went to yeah. a lot of games. Went to a whole lot of games with my dad. Um – and just the excitement in the building was, I mean, it's hard to explain it. You know, there's excitement now, but then that was real excitement for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, how did the Knicks get in this, get in this wilderness where, where they were, I mean, they sort of climbed, they were start, starting to climb out of it last season. Uh, I gave the Hawks a, a, a good tussle in the playoffs. Uh, but but just what, what, what happened to the proud New York Knickerbockers? In all honesty, I mean, we had a, a couple of down years. Um, and I think at that time we lost some fans, and then Brooklyn moved to um, – I'm sorry, the Nets moved to Brooklyn, which really changed the whole dynamic of it um, because the Nets were always new, a New Jersey team. They were never a New York team. Did you ever like the Nets? No. Uh, were, nope. were, you, were you mad when they moved to Brooklyn because they're sort of encroaching on the Knicks' territory uh, a little I bit? I don't think I was mad. I just – I'm just still not a fan, you know, so okay. I, was, I wasn't really mad. Even with um, KD and James Harden and with uh, Kyrie and, yeah. Nope, they're great players, right. but, you know, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Okay. Um, so, again, you know, we're putting things back in order where it needs to be. Um, the tickets at the Garden have gone up recently, you know, crowds coming back. It's an exciting time to play in New York or to go see a game. Right. I, I don't know how old you are, Coach Scott. Are, are we talking? Were you, were you a kid during when, when MJ was, was yep. going at it? I'm with 41 years old. You're 41. So yep. you're, my, you're my age. So you remember all those great uh, Knicks Bulls series. Well, I, Knicks, I was, Knicks Pacers. I, right. Knicks Pacers. Mm-hmm. You, went to the, you went to the finals uh, against the Rockets in uh, 90, yeah. 94. Yep. Uh, uh, it was interrupted by the, by the OJ uh, uh, Bronco yes. chase mm-hmm. uh, very famously. So, but but you remember all those battles. I, I sure mean, did. I, I, Michael Jordan was my guy, so okay. so so I, so I was a Bulls guy. So I was on the opposite end of the spectrum from you. But I remember the the, the Charles Smith game where where where, where he, he missed three finish. layups in a row, right? Yeah, the, yep. right. Um, yeah, with with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and MJ playing some defense, and the Bulls were that was the one game they were able to get in New York. So so you remember all those great battles. Like, sure like, what, what, what's your favorite Knicks season? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um. Ooh. Should they have beaten the Rockets in the finals? Or or was Hakeem just too good? As a Knicks fan, we should have won. But, I mean, they had Hakeem. They had uh, Clyde Drexler. Kenny Smith, I believe, was on the Rockets at that time. Um, I mean, they, they had a, a decent team, you know. But I think just some of John Stark's shots, and, again, that, that's one of my favorite players, were ill-advised. Um, you know, we could have looked for better, better opportunities. And, again, it happens. But we got there. It was a great season. You know, just can't. Can't be mad about it. Right. Well, what's it like playing on the playgrounds of, of New York City? What's that experience so, like? So there's a couple of different experiences, um, and it depends on your age. Uh, at a younger age, you know, you're just out there to have fun and play, you know. Um, and this is probably, you know, single digits to about 11 or 12. When you get to 13, kind of at high school level, it changes um, because now it's more competitive. It's still fun, but it's about, you know, this is my court. We're going to win. You're going to have to go. You know, and then at that time, you played kids from different areas. So you go to different parks and play kids in different areas, and it's about you, you talk trash. It's about respect. And, you know, hey, we won or we lost, and we'll do it again. Isn't that why New York's the mecca of basketball? It just, is. Just because of, it's not the Knicks and the Nets. It's, it's, it's the playground atmosphere and all the great players that have come out of New York City. Who, who are some of the best players that you played against? Any, anyone we would know? or um? Um, No, no one you would know because, um, of course, they didn't go that far, unfortunately. Um 
you know, it just, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for them. Um, but no, no, knowing that, that you guys would know. But again, I mean, you, you can't beat playing in New York. Yeah. Um, so how'd you wind up in uh, Frederick, Maryland, uh, if, if you're coming from the big city? So always lived in New York. Um, my sister moved out here first. My sister moved to Maryland in 98. Okay. And um, when she moved to Maryland, you know, she first lived in Columbia, and then she finally moved to uh, Frederick. And I would come back and forth and come visit. And when I come back and forth to visit, it was just so peaceful. It was a different, different atmosphere than what I'm used to, to the hustle and bustle in New York. Um, I was getting older. You know, I had a child at that time. I felt like I wanted to change. Um, so long story short, I got married, what, July of 2006. Okay. And then November of 2006, we moved to Maryland. Right. You, know. you were just looking for a new, just a slower pace of life. I agree. And, and a better environment, better school environment for my children. Um, you know, New York is, in New York, it's tough to find that good school environment unless you're in private school or even possibly living in New Jersey. Right. Um, so I just felt Maryland was the best step for us. Right. And plus, it's so expensive to live I agree. in, in, in I New agree. York City. I mean, it, paying 4500 a month, if that, for, for, for uh, just a single bedroom. Uh, like, a, <laughs> like it's a very mo- like it's the most basic thing you could get for 5000 bucks a month. I agree. So. And it continues to, to go up. Yeah, I mean, it just be, there, there's not a lot of not a lot of space. I mean, you got you got to go sky skyward to find space uh, in, in in New York. So, so so you liked it here in Maryland. It was a slower it. pace of life. I mean, you're, you're the father. You're the father of four kids. Yes. You were telling me so that that that's a that's a full time job in itself. I'm sure. It so, is. It is. Um, and, and your kids are older. They're they're they're. Uh, of some of our college age and stuff like that. Yes. Um, do your kids love sports the way you do? Um, my girls, not particular, um, but they've always supported me. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. And, you know, when they were playing sports, I supported them. Um, my sons like it a lot more. Um, you know, they come to the games when they can. And, you know, they're probably my, my <laughs> other than my wife, and my, they're my biggest supporters. You know, my uh, eight-year-old thinks he's my assistant coach. So, you know, he watches game film with me and says, Dad, why don't they do this? What about this? So, you know, he's learning the game at his own pace, but he's getting there. Does he watch, like, NBA games with you and stuff? He's uh, not excited about NBA versus my games, I guess. Maybe yeah, just because right. I'm okay. dad and I'm coaching. Yeah, you know, sure, it's a yeah, different. right. Yeah, plus he can connect with, with you and sure. and, 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 and the players, players also. I bring the practice. Yeah. You know, they know who he is. So it's just it's a little easier for him that way. Right. So so that's his introduction to basketball. Just, just just seeing, seeing what dad is, is up to on a daily basis. So... Mm-hmm. Was coaching something you always, growing up, always something you thought might be a, um opportunity for you? Or no. did you sort of uh, discover that uh, as you later on? Um, actually, no, it wasn't. Coaching something I kind of fell into, I guess, doing a favor for someone. Um, when I first moved out here, uh, my next-door neighbor, he was coaching um, with an organization called BCWB, Basketball Coaches Without Boundaries. Uh, he was coaching in the summer league said, hey, you know, I have a couple of days I can't coach the summer league. Do you want to be my assistant coach so you can kind of take over? I figured I knew a little bit about basketball. Why not? You know, I'll help out and take over. And um, who knew, you know, this was 15 years later, I, I have a head coaching job. You know, I didn't think I'd be here. I thought I was just doing it just for the, for the summer. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what was that first summer like? What would what, what, you think? What'd you think of coaching when you, I mean, you're, you're a dad, so right. you're used to working with kids and, and being around kids. What, what, what'd you think of coaching um, when, when you first started? Um, I enjoyed it, you know, other than being outside in the summer in the heat, you know, other right. than that, I enjoyed it, you know, um, cause it wasn't about wins or losses, it was just about us having fun. You know, um, I, 
I couldn't coach to the extent I can coach to now where I understand the game even more. Um, but again, you know, I, we just had fun. Hey, guys, let's go out here, have fun. Let's play a zone, play a man. Let's move the ball around. Just simple, basic stuff that I learned, I guess, coaching them. Um, but it was a great time, you know. And even after that, I went back the next two years and I did it again. Right. So, so, so you got into it. You, yeah. you, you enjoyed it. Did, did you think? Did you think it would evolve? To, uh, did you think you'd be doing it 15 years later? I guess is what I I'm know. asking. I, I thought I'd just be doing summer leagues just because they needed volunteers, um, and I just enjoyed doing it. You know, Saturday for an hour, or you know, practice one day a week. I just enjoyed it, and it was something for me to do. You know, especially being new to the area, not knowing that many people. This also gave me a chance to get myself out there and meet other people. Um, so it was just like I said, it was just a great experience to start out with. Right. This is your first year as a head coach at Tuscora, but but you've been around the program. You know, this, you're you're not new to the program at all. Uh, how how'd you how'd you come to Tuscora and, and uh, you, you uh, Coach White and uh, Daryl White and yes. brought you to Tuscora, right? So, how did how did that opportunity come about? Um, so before we got to Tuscora, we were at TJ, the TJ girls. Um, before oh, you've been you've been with them for that long. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. I um. Like I said, I was coaching the summer league, and uh, Coach White was looking for a freshman coach for girls. Um, the uh, his uncle was the one who runs the BCWB, recommended me. So Coach White gave me a call. We went over there and met uh, Coach Nibs, you know, and um, I had my interview. And again, I, I credit everything to Coach Nibs and Coach White, because without them, I wouldn't be here. Coach White even considering me, and Coach Nibs allowing me to come to the school system, you know, and coach. I I wouldn't be here without them. Um, so I started with freshman girls, and high school was different. I learned that very quick my first week. It's um, not all just about having fun anymore, right? Correct. Um, even with freshman girls, but it was more so the practices. I realized I didn't know how to run a practice for two hours. I had no idea how to do it because in a summer league, you know, we might have practice for 30 minutes to an hour, and we're done. Now I have to have practice six days a week for two hours. So it was really a, a learning curve for me. I had to figure this out. How would you learn how to do it? I watched Coach Whiten. <laughs> yeah. I watched him do it, you know, because our practice was, was staggered because at that time it was freshman, JV, and varsity. Uh, so for freshman girls, we'd go first, and then JV and varsity would go after us. So I had a chance to watch his practices, watch how he conducted practice, and certain drills they did. And I just kind of picked up on it and added my own little spin to certain things. Did, did, did coaching girls, did that, I mean, you have daughters, obviously, mm -hmm. but, but did coaching girls, did that present a different dynamic for you or, or not really? In all honesty, it was just coaching, you know, no matter how you look at it. Um, whether, whether I'm coaching the girls or the boys, it doesn't change for me because it's still basketball. It's still the simple fundamentals. Um, I think the only difference is the, the guys are a little bit more athletic. You know, they can do a little bit more. Um, but the girls, they're very headstrong on doing fundamentals the right way. You know, if I want them to run the play, they're going to run the full play to perfection. Whether the play breaks down or not, they'll still keep running it. So that's just really the difference between the two. But on, from a coach's standpoint, nothing changes for me. I was going to say, you don't have to change your style at nope. all. You, you, you coach the boys the, the exact same way you coach the girls. So, yeah. I mean, coaching, a lot of people don't know, is such a huge time commitment, too. It is. <clears throat> You have you have a day job. You 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 have you have four kids that that, that need you, um, and it and now did you think it was too much of a time commitment when you first started doing it, or how how did you make that work? Um, when I first started doing it, it was a little easier. Only having two kids. Um, now we have four, and then you know when Coach White asked me to come to Tuscarora for the JV boys, um, my wife and I had a discussion. We really had to figure out this is something that'll work for our schedules, um, and luckily you know she makes it work for us. Um, even now having this head coaching position, you know, she makes it work. Um, and I'm just grateful for it. 
you know, it is a big time commitment, practice, games. We have to travel for games. Um, but again, you know, we, we definitely make it work the best way possible. And it's been working. Right. Uh, a lot of coaches, they practice right after school. School ends and you guys go to practice. Do you guys practice a little bit later in, later in the evening? Explain why you do that. So, and, and again, it's just my mentality. They play at 7 o'clock every day for varsity. Um, and some coaches feel practicing after school works better for them, which is fine. But my, my, in my opinion, <clears throat> excuse me, these young men need to go home, do whatever they do. They're going to become lazy and everything and have to come back and perform because it's the same thing on game day. Whether we ride the bus to a game or we have a home game, you're going to go home, you're going to eat or, you know, kind of mud around a little bit. We have to be ready to play at 7 o'clock. So that's why we practice so late because I need to, me mentally, they need to be ready at that time. You want to keep them in the same rhythm, the same routine. Like, you don't want a game day experience to be totally different from, an, uh, from, from another day. Correct. Do you, do you think that pays dividends? Do you think, do you, think you guys think respond is. better? I, I think way? it is. Yeah. I definitely think this year it's helping us tremendously um, because now they're, they're used to it. You know, they're kind of in that cycle, in that mode. And, again, it's a mental thing. It's a physical thing. So now that we're in that mode, I, I think it's working out. Right. So how long did you coach the TJ girls for? Wow. Uh, I was there for seven, eight years. I did freshman girls for two, and then our JV coach took a head coaching job somewhere else, and then I moved up to JV. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was was it a big difference, JV to freshman, or, or about the same? A um, little bit more competitive. Girls are a little bit more skillful at the JV level. Right. But, again, it's still the same thing, and it worked out because the girls on freshman I already had, so they just come to me. So it was an easier year for me because they knew me. Right. So, so Coach White and your mentor, he leaves to take the job at Tuscarora. Mm -hmm. um, did you follow him right over, or did you stay at TJ for, for, for a couple so of years? I did not follow him right over. Um, I interviewed for the TJ position, and unfortunately, I didn't get it. Okay. You know, and um, in hindsight, I know why I didn't get it. Um, and, you know, some people will blame whoever they had an interview with. I blamed myself for not getting a position. What, what, what happened? Um, at that time, you know, I, I truly believe – I lost track of why I started coaching. You know, I think I was doing it for the glamour and the glory in the newspaper versus for the kids. And them telling me no was the best thing that could have happened to me because I got time to take some time off. So I took three years off of coaching to just refocus on what was more, most important, which is the kids. Don't you need a setback to, to learn I and, 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 mm -hmm. and grow in life? I mean, most people do. You, you, don't, you don't grow when everything is, go, is go, going, going great and, and, and you're winning all the time. I mean, your, your growth is limited, but once you face adversity or once you have a setback, that, that's that's when you really learn some stuff, right? I agree. And it, it just worked out for me. You know, I took three years off. Um, I tried to go down the road to Montgomery County and get a head coaching position. And um, even during that time, Coach White and I were still in communication. You know, we've always been in communication. Were, were you still doing your coaching uh, with, with some of the organizations? Nope. On, nope. Uh, I just uh, took a break all the way around. Oh, you just, did? Okay. Strictly family time. Okay. Took a break all the way around. Okay. Um, and I was talking to Coach. I said, hey, Coach, you know, you think you give me a reference? I'm going down here for the head coaching job. He said, no, you're not. I said, yeah, no, no, Coach, I want to go down here for it. He said, no, come on over. Uh, said, where, where, where is this? At, um, I went down to Montgomery County Mom, for okay, um, yeah. to try to get a job down there. Okay, gotcha. And he said, no, you, you can't go down there. I said, your family's here. That's too much. Come on. You know, I got a spot on the staff for you, you know, because some things had adjusted. I wound up going back to Tuscarora or going to Tuscarora for the first time. And then that's all, that's all it was and, there. And, and you took the, the JV over the JV program at Tuscarora? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, so there were some uh, events in your life that that really shaped who you are as as a person and a coach. One was not getting the TJ job was was, yes. and the, the second one was um, uh, Coach White and saying 
you, you don't do that you're not ready yet yes. so so here against your impulse and your desire you, you have two people telling you no or or go this direction and it worked out, it worked for, out. For, for, for the bad do you believe everything happens for a reason i do i, I definitely do you know um again i never thought i'd be here you know I, I never thought i'd be in maryland you know everything's just it falls into place you know and I, I'm, I'm truly grateful for it you know even this position now um not being in the in the school system or being a teacher to have this type of position is also a, I mean it's a blessing you know <laughs> who thought I'd be here too, so everything just it just falls into place. Yeah, well, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself over your years of coaching, um, your fifteen years or so? Every kid is not the same, you know. Um, I still coach the same, but certain kids, you know, how much you can push them and how much you can't push them. You know, who will shut down uh, if you come at them a certain way, yell at them, and you know who needs a conversation, you know. So I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned within coaching. And wh what do you enjoy the most about working with these kids and helping these kids? Just the laughs we have, you know. I mean, I guess they call me the old guy now, you know. Um, <laughs> but you're, not, you're not that th old. Th that's Coach what they call me, you know. But th Scott. just the laughs we have. I mean, you know, um, we go to practice, and yes, you know, we have tough practices sometimes. But the times that we can just sit back and laugh and joke and, you know, Hey, coach, hey, let's do this TikTok video. I'm, I'm not a fan, and I really won't do it. But, you know, they try to get me. It's just the relationship and the bond that I build with these, these kids. It's, just, it's unmatched, and, and it goes beyond basketball even after they graduate. Are you, are you a tough coach to play for? No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. You know, I'm very laid back, um, and I will never ask them to do something that I wouldn't do, especially when it comes to respect and holding each other accountable. Right. Yeah, like, how do, you, how do you build your relationship with your players uh, well, over the course of the season? Again, this year was a little easier, um, but again, it starts with discipline. You know, I, I refuse to allow someone. I let everyone know it's a team sport, so you can't get away with it, and, and he can. I, I don't do that, and I don't play favorites. Everyone's together, um, and I'll give you a great example. We have a rule in the gym: uh, whatever you do outside the gym, fine, but you will not curse inside this gym when you step in here. If you if you curse, we run as a team, okay? And that's just how. No foul language of any sort. Um, and they understand that, you know, we had a couple slip ups here and there. Fine. Um, but, you know, we, we hold each other accountable. Well, why, why make that rule? Why do you have that rule? It's a respect thing for me. You know, granted, we're a team, but that's how I grew up. I'm still an adult, you know, compared to you guys. So I, w I still don't curse on my parents and I'm, I'm an adult. You know, it's just a respect thing. That's just how I grew up. So right. I won't allow it to happen. I, 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 well, I wanted to touch on this with you because I, when I watch you coach, you don't yell at the refs you, you you don't you don't you don't even even if it's a bad call i mean you sort of let it roll off your back and, you, mm -hmm. and you're not all over the refs un unlike some other coaches uh in high school on all levels of basketball what's your philosophy with with, with the referees and, and, why, and why don't you yell at them or get on them when you don't like a call it it's still respecting you know i mean uh, they have a tough job as is i mean trying to see the whole floor and make the correct call it's not going to be correct every time and I, I truly understand that we all make mistakes and that's fine you know, the most I'll do is ask a question. Hey, ref, you know, was this a foul or how this happened? And they'll say, yes, coach, I saw it that way. Or, no, I didn't. And I respect and I just walk away. I can't change it because now if I start to go back and forth the ref, my players think they can do that as well. Then that takes us out of a whole whole game plan. So that's why I don't do it. Yeah, but but doesn't the competitor inside you, that don't your emotions sort of override sometimes? And when you get a bad call, you, you, you want to react accordingly, right? I do, but it comes down to, like I tell the kids, you have to play play through adversity. You know, and again, this is more than life. I mean, in life, you're going to come to adversity. Are you just going to yell and get mad? Or are you going to fight through it? 
And that's our biggest thing. We have to fight through everything, myself included. You know, I don't like the call. I'll just walk away and just next play. You know? Okay. So when you get a bad call, you, you'll, you'll go up to the ref and, and ask for an explanation? Correct. Correct. Okay. And then, again, I'm probably not going to like the explanation, but I will respect it, and I'll just walk away like, okay, thank you. So, so you get that it's a tough job. It's a, yes. it's a thankless job being an official. When when everything is perfect, mm-hmm. no one says a word. Yep. Well, the the first thing you screw up, everyone's all over correct, you. So. Correct. Especially you know in, in tough tough games. I mean, we played Frederick the other night. That was a tough game. You know, the referees had a real tough job. So why am I yelling them make their job even harder? You know. And then now I'm yelling. I'm up, I'm frustrated. My team is frustrated. I don't think they play well frustrated. So if I stay calm, I can keep them calm. And, you know, we'll make the right decisions. Have you ever gotten a technical before? <laughs> I actually got one last night. You did? I sure did. What, what happened? Uh, I asked the ref a question. <clears throat> and um, his explanation was um, I asked the question in the form of a complaint. So he gave me a technical file. He told me no more questions. And I explained to him I don't understand. You know, because I truly right. didn't understand. He gave me a technical foul for that. And you didn't raise, did you raise your voice no, or anything? No, no. Like yeah. you stated, I don't raise my voice. Right. And it's not like he was across the court. We were standing next to each other by my bench, just having a conversation so like you and I are having. So he thought he thought you were being a smart aleck or something? I, or, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't explain it. Um, but yeah, I get a tech. That was my first tech I've ever received. You got your first tech uh, against, yeah. against Urbana? Last uh, night. Wow. I, I, I'm still well, surprised. Well, I was going to say, were you shocked? <laughs> what was, I am. What, what, was your, what was your reaction when he teed you up? I so. Like, I was dumbfounded, so I just kind of just I, – I couldn't understand why it was, you know. Um, had you been chirping at him a, a little bit throughout the game, no, or, you know, or, or, or I, he, he just had a short short fuse or uh, the – You know, I can't say, but you've seen me, Coach. I'll speak to all the refs and ask them questions. And, you know, we've always been respectful. Hey, ref, can you – or Mr. Ref or Miss Ref. You know, I'm very respectful when it comes to that. And they just answer it. Whether I agree with it or not, I just go with it. So I, I guess he thought I was being annoying or, or – or, um, I, I really don't know well, what he thought. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, was that the first time you talked to him, and he just he just teed you up because he thought you were being a smart guy? I, or um, I don't know. So yeah. let me give you the play. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My point guard had the ball. Okay, my freshman point guard had the ball. So the kid on the other team, Urbana, put his hand on his hip, and reached across his body to try to steal the ball. Now he didn't get it, and I, I just want a clarification, Mr. Ref. Hey, is that a foul? Because if that's not a foul, then we can do it as well. I, that's all I wanted was clarification. And you probably that. said it just like that. Right. Uh, yes. In that exact in that in that exact tone. You weren't like yelling at no. him or getting in his face or not anything like that. Like I said, I've seen you coach and it's striking how <clears throat> lenient I don't want to I don't want to say lenient, but 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 your style with the referees is different than a lot of coaches. I agree. So I agree. And again, you know, my thing is if you're gonna give me a tech, at least let me earn it. You know, right. at least give me one where I can fire my team up. Let me earn it. I don't I don't know what happened last night. So so, so were were you just speechless when you got I your was. tech? <laughs> I was, and I just sat down the rest of the game. Like I, I just got a tech. I can't believe it, you know. Right. And again, just for asking the question. Right. So I, I guess to the ref, he said I was asking the question in the form of a complaint, which I don't know how you do that. Um, but I, I what else can he, I say? He, must, he must he must have been having a bad day or woke up on the wrong side of the bed or, or or something or something. Maybe, like that. but I couldn't yeah. ask any more questions because now you're throwing out the game <laughs> and I can't coach the next game, so I just had to sit down and just cheer my team on. Right. Okay. Uh, your your respect uh, respect is obviously a very important thing to you. Yes. Where, where, where does that come from? Your your parents, my parents or my yeah? Parents, my, my, my parents are. They've always been big on respect. They've always been big on school, um, especially my dad. You know, 
he's big on respect. Um, what did what did your parents do growing up? Because I mean, sure. living and working in the big city is not always easy. Well, so my dad worked at NYU. Yeah. Uh, he was the chief engineer at NYU. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and my mom worked for the uh, metro department, but she worked in the building. She didn't drive the buses or trains. She worked in their uh, their executive office building. So she helped like just keep things rolling and yep. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Pretty okay. Much. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, and again, there's always been respect for them, even. Even to this day, my parents' friends, I still say Mr. John or Miss Smith. And again, I'm an adult, but that's how I was raised. So I don't know any other way but to teach these young men, even my children, to do the same thing. Right. So you had a very nice uh, up- upbringing then. Yes. So, yeah, because yeah, yeah. your parents uh, had some great jobs and they, and, they, and they taught you the right way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, so you're the JV coach at Tuscarora. Uh, you're back with Coach Whiten. Uh, were, were you happy being the JV coach there? Or were you sort of itching to become a head coach? And were you angling for some opportunities um, while you were the JV coach? At that time, you know, I was just happy to be back in the game. You know, as a coach, when you take some – well, for me, when I took some time off, I started to get the bug again, like the itch. And I told my wife, I said, listen, I, I think I want to go back to coaching. Like, I, I feel something different now. You know, I want to go back to coaching. And then when I went back to coaching, it wasn't – I wasn't looking to get a head coaching job. I just wanted to coach. I just wanted to be here with the kids, just have fun, you know. And that was my biggest thing, and it just worked out. You know, that first season coming back on JV, um, I still remember. We went 17-5. I mean, we won our Christmas tournament. Like, I still remember. And it was just – it felt like it was my first time ever coaching. But, I mean, it was just it, – it was great. How were you better when you came back than you were the first go-around? I was refocused. I was refocused on what I wanted to do. Um, I was refocused on who I wanted on the team. Regardless of whether you played the year before or not, I knew who I wanted and how I wanted to to run a team. Um, I knew I needed a strong point guard, need a strong shooting guard, and someone in the middle. I need a, a a post presence, and I had all those things my first year coming back on the JV team. Right. So so, so you're happy being a JV coach. Uh, you, you're you're enjoying your job. You you're back in coaching. You you, you love it. And then, uh, sure sure enough, Coach White and uh, gets an opportunity to coach at um, Frederick Community College. Yes. And he, he, he took that opportunity, and all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, you have a job opening. Uh, mm-hmm. The head coach of Tuscarora Boys Basketball is open. Did you want the job right away? Were you not sure? Or, or sort of how did, how did your opportunity to become the head coach come about? Well, any, anyone who's not a head coach always wants a head coaching job. You know, um, Now, I will tell you, head coaching comes with a lot of additional responsibilities that you right. don't know until you get to position. Right. Um, and, you know, I considered – saying, you know what, maybe I should just go with Coach White and, you know, just go to FCC because it's a different level, it's a higher level, something else I put on my resume. Um, and my wife and I discussed it, but, you know, it was something to me where I just felt like I couldn't leave these young men without giving it a try. Even if they don't give me the position, I have to try to get the job, not only for me, but for them. You know, they have a uh, – they're so comfortable with me now. It's a respect thing, you know, and um, I don't want them to feel like I just left them with no one. So I, I tried my hand, and, and it worked out. And, and how was the interview better this time than it was the first go-around when you, when you interviewed for the TJ Girls job? It was more about the kids this time. You know, it, it, was, it was a lot more about the kids and trying to be involved in community as well. Um, and I think that's what the difference came, came in at, you know, this time because I wasn't worried about a newspaper. Or, I, I, I don't like the accolades, to be honest with you. You know, it's really a team sport. So it, it creates pressure too. Yeah, right? if it was yeah. if it was up to me, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, you could interview my staff or, or the players. I, I just want to stay out of it and just coach. Um, you know, but so it was more about the players this year. Yeah. 
Um, well, I wanted to ask you about uh, some of your some of your players uh, on, on your team this year. Uh, you talk about wanting and needing a, a good point guard. You have one. Uh, mm-hmm. His his name is uh, Latrell Mark. He's a, he's a junior. Uh, yes. And and Latrell in in our conversations previously, he's he's the engine for you guys. He sure he makes is. things go for you, right? He sure is. I mean, he is a he's a true point guard. Um, he sees the floor well. I mean, he can see even things that I I don't see from the sideline. He can see the floor. You know, um, I give Latrell some freedom as well as my point guard because he is the coach on the floor. So he'll look to the bench as if, Coach, what do you want me to call? And I'll tell him, you call it because I don't see it right now. So whatever you see, you call it. So him and I have that relationship. We have that that trust where I say, okay, I'm going to let you go. Um, and, again, he makes the right pass when it's time. The young man plays defense. He has a great outside shot. So, you know, he's definitely – Helpful. He helps out tremendously. I was going to say because Latrell can not only set up offense for others, he could create his own offense Correct. too, w- which is a huge asset mm-hmm. uh, uh, f- uh, for a coach with, to have a point guard <laughs> like that. So. It is. It is. I mean, again, he's just he he he's the if he's going, we're going, and he gets everyone else involved because he gets excited on the floor when he gets excited. Everyone else is they feed off his energy. Yeah, the Ligonor game. He had he had he had thirty seven points. He, uh, he, he, he hit a number of threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was probably was that the best game he's played. Would you say or one of them? <laughs> That's the best game he's best all around game he's played. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And, and and you needed it because Ligonor is obvi- obviously a very talented team. Yes, they are. Um, you also have a a, a post presence too, uh, a, a, a veteran, a, yes. a senior, uh, Malika Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can get you a bucket down low. Um, uh, when, when you need one, tell us about Malik. We call Malik Mr. Double-Double because yeah. there's no reason for him not to get a double-double every game. Um, Malik is strong. And not only being strong, he just he has a motor that doesn't stop, you know, offensively or defensively. He's constantly running up and down the floor. Um, and, and, you know, that helps out because now you have another post player on him. You might not be able to keep up with him because he doesn't stop. So he's going to wear you out before you wear him out. Um, and, again, you know, he knows where to be, you know, rebounding or even just scoring. So it just, it, he's another person that's going to help the team out. Yeah, uh, Drew DeSanto gives you a, 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 a post presence too. And Drew is a four-time basketball player. I, I had Drew my first year when I did JV. Um, and Drew's just, you know, he's a stretch four. Um, Drew can shoot the ball. He's a very unselfish player, sometimes too unselfish not to yell at him, hey, shoot the ball, because I know you can shoot it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and Drew also, I mean, he rebounds, you know, I think last game Drew had something like 17 rebounds. I think out of that 17, nine of them were offensive rebounds. Drew Drew does your dirty work, right? Yes. <clears throat> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he does all the little things that not everyone wants to all, do, <laughs> wants or likes doing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, my, my Malik uh, gives you some of that too he does. With, with with his double double and stuff like that. So. Um, when you need a shot, uh, it's, it's not just Latrell Mark, uh, Aiden, uh, Hurley, mm-hmm. uh, uh, your sophomore guard, uh, hit, hit a number of big shots in the win over Ligonor. He, he can get you a three or, or a basket when you need one. He sure can. He, he's still developing. Um, you know, he played JV last year, but as you know, it was a short season for everyone last year. Yeah, we, we had um, two weeks, right? Yeah. And I think varsity, we didn't have, we had like three games. Um, this year I'm trying to get Aiden comfortable with shooting with not that, not that much space. Because at this level, you're not going to have a lot of space to shoot the ball. You have to be ready to catch, turn, and shoot. So we've been working on, on that with him this year. And um, he's getting better as the year goes on. He's really getting better. He's, I can see the elevation now and the growth. Yeah. There's a lot of really athletic uh, players in the county. Uh, uh, I'd take I'd put Cameron Harry uh, near the near the top of the list. I've I've seen him make some really nice plays for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's finished some alley oops. So mm-hmm. so his athleticism 
sort of jumps off the page at me when, when when I watch him play. His athleticism helps out, especially if he can get a, get a dunk, whether it's the alley-oop or just the regular. The energy changes on the bench, on the court. The whole energy changes, you know. Um, but he's our slasher. He's definitely our slasher. Give him the ball on the wing, let him go. If he gets there, he'll make the right pass. But uh, that energy that he brings is definitely helpful as well. Yeah, and Cameron's only 6'2", so, so when, you, when you look at him, you don't necessarily – Think he can jump that high. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily expect what, what 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 he gives you. Like like all of a sudden, like he's six two and he's he's above the rim. Yes. So yes. very quickly too, he has a quick bounce. Yes, right. So that that athleticism is is something to watch with uh, Cameron Harry. Who are some of the other kids that really uh, you count on and, and make you go? Well, I mean, uh, in helping out, we have a freshman point guard who's learning. His name is James Miller. Um, his primary role is just to get us in our offense. You know, he can handle the ball. He's fine with pressure. But he plays defense. You know, that, that's a big thing. I get him out there, he can play defense. Uh, Jordan Chaney also helps as well. You know, um, Jordan's a, a three-time player as well here at Tuscarora, which definitely helps out as well. Jordan's also a scorer. He's a slasher. Um, and he's just an all-around tough kid. You know, I have a team that's – they're not going to back down from anyone, no matter what's going on. Um, and all of our games, for some apparent reason, for the most part, going to the halftime, we're always losing. I don't know why. Yeah, well, why is that? I have no idea what goes on. Maybe we get comfortable, but we're always losing. But then the third quarter, we start to fight back, and then the momentum just keeps going. You were losing against Ligonor at, yeah, sure at, at halftime. Sure was. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it came back. I mean, we had a big third and fourth quarter. So I don't know what it is. Um, and right now, I'm not going to try to fix it. I'm just going to let it kind of ride out and just continue to coach the best way possible. Right. Well, when you got the job, how did you how did you react? I mean, Coach White, when he got the TJ Girls job, he, when he was in his car and he was mm-hmm. he was crying tears mm-hmm. of joy. How, how did you react when Coach Putterman um, named you the the head coach? Um, no tears, but I, I was very I was very emotional. Just just waiting for so long for, for something that you wanted, you know, and, and not giving up on it. Um, it, it it was just something that that really it really touched me, you know, just to get this position. Um, and then, you know, it didn't last long because once I got it, I said, okay, well, now we have work to do, you know. So it might have lasted an hour <laughs> or two. And I said, okay, I got to get to work. Did, um, did you feel you were ready? Yes, what? I did. Yeah. I did. I definitely felt I was ready, um, again, because I, I've been in the system, been around the program so long. So I definitely felt I was ready now. Um, and then I kind of had a vision of certain things I wanted to do with the team uh, on the court and off the court. So I was definitely ready this year. Is your style a lot different than, than Coach Whiten's? Or, um, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. I I run more of a motion type of offense when we can because we're so athletic. We have that ability. Um, so I, I don't want to just get all the time stuck in a, I guess, a robotic play in a sense. You know, that's how I see it. We're too athletic for that. So I like to move the ball around. I like to do different things on defense because we have the personnel to do it. Right. So you have some really nice wins this season. The Ligonor win is uh, among them. And but but Frederick High, man, they, they they've gotten you they've gotten you twice now. Well, what happened in those games against Frederick uh, High? I, you know, the first game, I, maybe, you know, third game of the season, I don't know, maybe the stage was too big. You know, I, I really couldn't tell you what happened. You know, we, Is it a matchup thing or, or what happened? In all honesty, I think we, we match up great with them, you know, especially athletically. I think we, we match up great all the way around. Um, I can tell you this last game we played, um, you know, and, and my hat goes off to Frederick. I'm not taking anything away from them. Um, you know, but we lost, I think, by six. Uh, but then that six-point loss, we missed 11 free throws. And uh, we missed them like 14 layups. You know, so really, you know, again, my hat goes off to them. Great win. But, you know, if we make 11 free throws, even six of those, we go to overtime. You know, just it's one of those things. It's, 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 it's the little things often, uh, often in the losses, yep. right? 
And uh, here we are. It's, it's a big week for you guys, too. Uh, we, yes. we, uh, you have Walkersville, uh, which has been an outstanding team so far. They, they have a win over Frederick High this year. Mm-hmm. You, you play them on Thursday of this week. Mm-hmm. And then and then you host Oakdale, uh, who's been the standard um, in Frederick County uh, for a long time in boys basketball. You have them on Friday night. So, so uh, and you played Urbana yesterday. So, I mean, what was your what was your approach going? What were you telling your guys heading into this week? Just one game at a time, you know. Uh, our biggest thing is, you know, we have ten games left in the season. You know, um, right now our biggest goal is home court advantage for the playoffs. You know, l- let's focus on that. You know, I'm not worried about the CMC championship. Let's focus on home court advantage. You know, let's play to our advantage. Um, and these next ten games are critical. We just have to play one game at a time. But it starts with each one of us, and it starts with defense. Let's play some good defense, and l- let's kind of go from there. And again, let's play our level of basketball, not anybody else's. Right. Well, what's the ceiling for this group? How, how, how far can this team go? I don't know, in all honesty. You know, um, right now, you know, I try not to look that far ahead um, because, again, I, I don't want them to be overconfident. You know, uh, that's my biggest thing. You know, yes, we can go as far as we would like to, but it depends on us. You know, who's going to show up? Who's going to perform? And, again, I mean, having four scores in double digits, that always helps out, you know. Um, is, is that what you try and do? Is that is that, is that your intention, or you just see see how the game <laughs> develops? Like if like if Latrell's going to score forty points, you're you're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that I, we don't look at it that way. It's just that's just how it's been breaking down lately, you know. Um, and it's been helpful, you know. Even against Frederick, we had four guys in, in double digits, and we still lost the game. But I again, the little things hurt. But uh, I'm just grateful that all these guys can score and I don't have to rely on one or two guys this year. Did, did both the Frederick games, did they play out similarly or were, were you done in by the same things or were you done um, in by different things? Pretty much the first game, I, I think it was just more of a too much one-on-one, you know, and I think that that third quarter we were down by 17 and uh, we cut it to six points with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Just couldn't get, get over that hurdle there. Um, and this game was just, you know, some turnovers and some little things. Um, but again, it, it's a life lesson. We learn from it and we'll be okay. Yeah. The kids were excited to see you named coach, right? Yes. Because Because they, they knew you. You had worked with them. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a big departure from what you guys had done in the past. Correct. So, so I'm, sure, I'm sure the kids were very happy to, to see you get the job, right? They, they were. You know, um, even though they've been in the program, they still had to understand, you know, I'm a different coach from my predecessor. You know, I love Coach White and the Deaf. That's my mentor. But we're different coaches, you know. Um, and some things that, you know, Coach White might say, yes, that's okay. I'm going to say no to, or vice versa, you know. So, so they had to learn that. But, again, it didn't take them long because I was already there. So it was just a quick little flip of the switch, I guess. Right. It, it's not New York City, obviously, but, but but what's your assessment of the level of basketball here in Frederick County? Um, I think Frederick County, they've had a lot of great basketball players come through here um, the last couple of years. Um, I, I don't know why they're, in my opinion, I think they can go a lot further you know, than, than where they're going. Yeah. And again, maybe some just don't want to, which is fine. That's okay. Maybe they just want to play high school basketball. Um, you know, again, but I, I think a lot of these young men can really go in and play at the next level. But again, that's just me seeing them on the court. I don't know what they're doing in the classroom or anything like that. So that also depends. Yeah. I mean, uh, with, with social media too, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the classroom stuff, I mean, how much do you emphasize and, re- and really have to harp on that stuff? Well, that social media thing that they know I, I'm a big advocate for, not to have it, you know, not during basketball season because it just takes away. So, from so you say, you just say, don't tweet, yeah, don't, I mean, don't, don't, right. don't, don't. I prefer for them not to. They're right. going to, but I just give them my opinion. 
Um, I prefer for them not you, to. You say just be smart about correct, it, right? Correct. Yeah. Because once you put it out there, you can't take it back. You know, so that no, no, no talking. You're saying no talking trash right. on social Correct. media or Correct. anything like. Yep. Don't don't disparage any, nope. any other team or anything nope. like that. We don't so. do that. Um, yeah. You know, so again, it's just it's one of those things. I mean, because they're so locked in on the phones nowadays, it's different. You know, um, so I really don't I don't promote social media, but I'm a big advocate for grades, um, because you know uh, I had a coach approach me after I can't remember what game, I think it was the from Washington College, uh, Coach Goodman. And he was asking me about some of my players, and Coach Goodman said, um, you know, is their GPA at 3.5? I'm like, wow, Coach, you know, 3.5. I mean, this is what he they're looking for. So I try to explain to the guys, this school part of it is very important. You can play two minutes, and co- whether you score or not, a coach knows if you can play. But what can you do in the classroom? You know, that's the biggest thing. Plus, you have to stay on the court, too. You, exactly. have, to stay, you have to stay eligible, too. Exactly. And, like, you're letting your team down when you're not doing your schoolwork, right? I agree. I agree. You know, and, and grades is a big thing. They want to make sure that you are a true student athlete. If you come to this program, are going to be able to con- uh, continue to keep your grades up and play on the court. Right. So, Coach, we're 45 minutes in here, Coach Scott. I mean, it's been great having you on. I, I've, I've enjoyed chatting with you. So, uh, big week, like we said. Uh, we're coming yes. off a big win over Ben on Tuesday, but Walkersville on Thursday, followed by Oakdale on Friday. Uh, Friday. Is that just the way the schedule falls, or is just the things get moved, the moved around? Game, I believe – I don't know if it's this Friday because we also play them next Tuesday. We play them Oakdale back to back. Oh, you do? Yeah, you, because you, you, one is a makeup game from the uh, snow. Okay, so so stuff got moved around. Correct. So correct. What, what was was Friday's game? That was that the naturally scheduled? Yes, Friday game? was okay. naturally scheduled game. Yep. Okay. Do you, so you you don't like that? I'm guessing playing them back to back. Not at all. Not <laughs> right. At all. I, I don't. The only good thing is there's some time in between to have practice between between two Oakdale games. But I'm not a big fan of back to back games because if something happens the night before, whether good or bad, I can't correct. Right, because we go right to the game. Right. Plus, plus they they've just seen you. You've seen them, but they've also seen you. Correct. So they so they know your tendencies as well. Correct. So, so. now I have to change my game plan for two games. Right. <laughs> so is, is is your son? Will he be the next uh, John Starks? Is is, is, that, is that the path he's on? Or? At, at this point, whatever he wants to do. I mean, he likes basketball. He likes soccer. He does karate. He likes football. At this point, I just ask to get a scholarship. Yeah. You know, I doesn't matter what it's in. Just get a scholarship and go to school. Just get, get your education. Get a golf club or a tennis racket. I'm fine I, with that, too. I played and, tennis growing up, too, so I'm, right. I'm okay with that. Right. And you don't even have to win in golf and tennis to, <laughs> to, to make a decent living. Like you, yeah. If you make the third round or the fourth round or you finish 10th place in golf, that, that, that's a pretty nice paycheck it is. there. It is. So so without, without even having to win. So. Um, it, it, with everything out there, I was I meant I meant to ask you, is it tough to get kids to focus these days, or, or um, it depends on the kids? <laughs> I, you know, for me, it's not that tough um, because, you know, when we go to practice, if something's not looking right the first two minutes, we're going to stop and we're going to run because there's no reason to come into the gym and not give it 110%. You know, my biggest thing this year with them is our goal is to get 1% better every day on and off the court. That's all I ask for. Why just 1%? Because, you know, my thing, sometimes people feel like 100%. Oh, that, that, that's too much. They feel like they can't reach that margin. One um, percent sounds attainable, right? Correct, but but they fail to realize if you give one percent every day, it's going to add up to that one hundred percent. But you're not looking at it that way. You're looking at it in a simpler way. So that's why one percent is my big model this year. Yeah, you, you're you're the take the small step, and over correct. time, you're going to see how far you've come with all exactly. those small steps. Exactly. Lasan so. <clears throat> Scott, uh, head coach of the Tuscarora Boys bas- basketball team, uh, having a, having a great season so far, eight and two. Uh, it'll be exciting to see how far they 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 can go. Thanks for coming in, sir. It's great. been Thank a pleasure you for having, having you. Me.
<clears throat> uh, and thanks to all of you for listening. My thanks to John Cannon for being on earlier, talking county sports, uh, to Graham Collin for producing and, and helping uh, get these episodes out every week. So we'll be back with another one next week. So thanks for listening uh, to the Final Score Podcast. See you next week, everyone. Thanks.